Mulligan Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on the Hockey Podcast Network. It is also, again, available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. And I also thank Dylan and Kyle for having me on board the Hockey Podcast Network. Always a great pleasure. Well, the Minnesota Wild this past week kind of uh, hitting a surge again. I'm not sure what's going on if they're... <laughs> it's hard to say, obviously, especially after a 7-3 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hard to say. It's crazy. Like, say you had the 6 nothing loss to the Arizona Coyotes, the 5 nothing win over New York, the New York Islanders anyway, and then a 7-3 loss to Tampa, and all of a sudden we win in Florida 6-4, defeat the Carolina Hurricanes in a game we got outplayed the whole time, 5-2. Hmm. And, and of course, that is empty nets, though. That's partially why the score got a little bit more, uh, you know, separated there. And then a pretty impressive win over the Washington Capitals, 5-3. to three. The Minnesota Wild, 3-1 and one this past week. What do you make of this? Um, I don't know. I guess they're just uh, playing better right now. And obviously certain players are healthy, like Brodeen. Now you also add uh, Marc-Andre Fleury to the list. Sounds like a concussion, upper body, but concussion. And he does have some concussion history. So, hmm. Um, Philip Gustafson has definitely been giving up some goals for the most part. Uh, Impressive versus Carolina when you consider what he had to face. He was pretty damn good in that game. Uh, Obviously gave up goals versus Florida. That's when uh, Marc-Andre Fleury got hurt. Three goals versus Washington. A couple of goals very late. That kind of hurt uh, Gustafson's numbers, I'm sure. <laughs> Obviously, a couple of goals. The Wild were up 5-1 to one in that one in impressive fashion. Um, is this a playoff team? I'd say probably not, but I don't know. I, I guess you're capable of winning some games here and there. Uh, the month of January has got a lot of red in it still. You know, you got Calgary, you got Tampa loss, or two Tampa losses anyway. Both on Thursdays, you beat Columbus barely by the skin of your teeth. Beat, got crushed by Dallas twice. Philadelphia, Arizona, oof, and then you beat New York, and then all of a sudden we start winning three out of four, apparently, and then two more games to wrap up the month of January, so we'll <laughs> have a losing record for the month of January, no matter how you shake it, Nashville and Anaheim before we head into the break, so just two games to preview going in, we'll have only one game to preview next week, but we're going to continue things as is, because there's always stuff to talk about, and there's games and such as well. Um, the All-Star Weekend is not something that I, you know, make a big deal out of. It's, I don't know, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I'm, I'm not like 100% like hate, hatred for it, this and that. I guess it's what it is. You know, players get a chance to be recognized. Fans have a chance to see them all in one place. You know, like, like a lot of All-Stars in one place. <clears throat> I can understand if you'd much rather just rest. Yeah, especially if you're a goaltender. That's one thing. So pretty sure it's safe to say the Wild don't have a goaltender there. No, obviously we know that. But I'm just saying, yeah, pretty sure it was safe to say this season the Wild would not have a goaltender in the All-Star game. Not just because the goalies maybe aren't as sharp as last season, but mostly because the play in front of them hasn't been sharp either. So, yeah, goals against averages are hovering around three. That's probably not going to get you to the All-Star game. Unless you're like, I don't know, uh, I don't don't even want to get into it. Doesn't matter, I guess. So, yeah, here we are for a, <laughs> a decent little four-game stretch. The Tampa game, I mean, yeah, yay, we got three goals, but got absolutely hammered with seven. I mean, that's not what you're looking for in any way. Rossi would get his 13th goal. He's definitely quieted a bit of late, but Jules Erksenek seems to show up in every single game. Brock Faber seems to show up in every single game. And Kaprizov, yeah, again, also showing up in every single game. So at least you have people 
like that, showing up. Marco Rossi actually had two points in the game, a goal and an assist, versus the um, Tampa Bay Lightning. But that's kind of the main highlight, is certain players have been consistent. Uh, there's been consistency among Kaprizov, uh, Eck, Erickson Eck anyway, and Brock Faber. And those are your three best players, aren't they? It's, I think it's pretty safe to say. It's also great to have uh, Jonas Brodin back. Obviously, he's one of your best players as well. He's probably number four in that list. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's probably your Mount Rushmore, so to speak, on your Minnesota Wild at this stage. No matter how you shake it, once again, it's like Faber and Brodin are your two best defensemen by a mile. And then you have Kaprizov, obviously, and Erickson Eck. And again, nice to see Rossi at least having a multi-point game versus Tampa, but that's about it. Again, the good news is certain players have been consistent. The bad news is they got their butts handed to them 7-3. to three. What more do you really want to say about the game? Is I don't know. It wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't a good night, to say the least. It's like you want to look at comparisons and such. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay... Had two power plays, or had three power plays, the Wild had two, basically, in the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's just an, an overall nasty uh, combination of two games between Tampa in the last two weeks. 11-4 to four is your final score between these two. Tampa Bay definitely uh, trying to kind of get themselves back into the swing of things when playing against the Minnesota Wild this season. So we had to South Florida against the Panthers, of course. What is it called? Sunshine, Florida? So it's not necessarily right in Miami or anything. It's Sunshine, Florida. Well, the sun's shining, I guess. Kirill Kaprizov, the sun was shining. Brock Faber would get his third goal of the year. And uh, Kaprizov continuing, again, a very strong week. At least, yeah, this was a uh, two-goal game. He would get a hat-trick later on coming up. Coming up. Uh, but two goals versus the um, Florida Panthers. Ryan Harmon would also get two goals. He's generally been playing... Pretty good, but obviously getting into the penalty box as well at times. Not in this particular game. Uh, Felino and DeHaime would get in the penalty box with fights. So there is that. Not against each other or anything. I know, I'm just BSing around there. But, um, yeah, Kaprizov showing up. Eck with a couple of assists. Faber, always a factor. Three points in this game. Three points, a goal and two assists. Outstanding. Uh, Faber right now is on pace for 49 points. It was floating around a few games ago that he's on pace for 50, but it was actually 48. So, yeah, whatever, though. He's close enough. <laughs> he's on pace for almost 50 points as a rookie. And remember when Matt Dumba got 50 points, it was like the biggest deal ever. It was, what, how many years into his career? Like five or six years into his career? And it's like, wow, Matt Dumba's breaking out. Brock Faber almost has 50 points in his rookie year when he was known as when he was not known as a... Uh, you know, offensive player in college. Looked on as more of a defensive player. But you could see there was something there because of the high IQ. And that's what's so special about Brock, about Brock Faber. As I'm going to stumble and slur all over myself here. Starting to sound like politicians that don't know where they are. But we'll leave that exactly where it is. <clears throat> Kirill, the thrill is for real. Obviously, I got three points in the game. And, you know, pretty much at a point of game stretch. Well, he's, he's, he's beyond that, but generally speaking, yeah. And he is over a point a game with 42 in 40 games, 18 goals on the season. As he came into the week with, what, less than 13. So now he's at 18. So a very impressive week for Kirill Kaprizov. Drew Larkinek would get his 20th goal during the course of this week now with 38 points. He's on course for about uh, 60, kind of like last year in a lot of ways. So, I mean, Drew Larkinek is, I think, because of his defense being so high-end, and, you know, his overall value, his passing skills that are very much there, 
his uh, shooting skills <laughs> that are, or yeah, his, his ability to get close to the net and finish is more like it. Um, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a really good player. I think he should make an all-star team once in a while, but I suppose he's not as high-end as the guys that actually do at the forward positions and such, forward and centers and such. So there is that. Uh, Matt Boldy definitely showing some passing skills this past week with some beautiful passes to Kirill Kaprizov. Not all of them wound up as goals, but, I mean, there were some gorgeous passes. It's like, oh, unfortunately, the, the shots were saved and such by the respective goaltenders. But Matt Boldy definitely showing passing skills this past week. Obviously, it's there and everything, but it's just, I don't know, it just looks better lately. And that's good. Uh, Boldy obviously does tend to disappear. He's not consistent. I think Boldy, if he would, you know, if, if he was a consistent player, he's capable of being an 80-point type of guy. An 80-point, kind of a point-to-game type of guy, basically. Kirill Kaprizov's ceiling is like 100-plus points. Probably not going to get there this year because of missing time. Unfortunately, what did he miss? Seven games? <clears throat> it felt like 20 when he was out because that was, uh, you know, that was just depressing, to be to be quite blunt. Um, but there's certain players, when they're out of the lineup, it's like, oh, Lord, help us. And you don't want to even think about it. I don't even, <laughs> you can just name the four names, and I'm going to leave it where it is. And that's it. I don't want to jinx them or anything stupid like that. One of them did miss a ton of time. I can say his name. Stay healthy. Please, we need you. Jonas Brodeen. There. That's the one I can mention because he was out for a very long time. Obviously, with a broken bone in his hand. or uh, So, there's something along those lines. I believe a broken finger. Um, or was it something else? But, <laughs> yes, generally a broken bone, though. Broken bones take time to heal. That's just a fact, whether you like it or not. Um, again, luckily, it wasn't the lower body broken bone. That could keep you out forever, and that was last year. <laughs> that was depressing. Very depressing. I don't even know why I brought that up, but I did, because I suck. Uh, Florida Panthers, though, yes. Um, an impressive win, generally speaking, for the Wild. They beat a team that's, you know better than them? I mean, it's okay to say that, isn't it? Is that a negative thing? Is that being a terrible fan? Anton Lindell, well, he outscored Marco Rossi, unfortunately. So that kind of sucks between the two rookies in 2020. Marco Rossi was just a minus three and no points. Unfortunately, minus three in a game we scored six goals. But again, you did give up four. Kaprizov was a minus three in a game he scored three goals. What's up with that? They scored on every time he was... Or so every goal that was scored, Kaprizov was on the ice? Huh. Interesting. Well, I suppose that's a line. Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Rossi. So, at least most of the time. Not the whole time. <laughs> Obviously, certain situations and such. Lindell, yeah, two points in the game. Interesting thought process there, I suppose. But Faber again. I mean, my goodness. I mean, what, what more can you say? What more can you say? Uh... He, ha he he needs to be Rookie of the Year. Uh, Connor Bedard, what did they say? He's got like six more weeks to go from his injury. So, what is it, like a broken jaw? So, it's like, kind of like Paul Coffey back in the day, and then the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then they still beat us in the Cup Final. Yeah, they sure did. Paul Coffey missed a ton of time, but then came back and was good when it mattered, along with certain other players. One of them was magically out with a back soreness or something in Game 3. And the North Stars won, and then after that, it was like a tsunami of goals. And, yeah, we don't want to remember that too well. It was nice to be there, but how about you win, dang it? Win! I don't want to be the team that loses. It sucks. Sunday, the 21st of January. This was definitely the feature presentation in terms of, like, we actually won? Are you serious? And now, our feature presentation.
Yeah, laddie. Aye, laddie. We did. Aye, laddie. Yep, uh, five to two over Carolina. Again, not as lopsided as the score would say because the Wild had two empty net goals. Kirill Kaprizov, again, an amazing week. Uh, hat trick here. He had two goals in the last game. Marco Rossi at least getting in the scoreboard again. Check the scoreboard, right? And Kaprizov. Yep, see the same names: Kaprizov, Julierksonak, and I love seeing those names. I love it. It's okay sometimes when you see something like Jake Middleton and Zach Bogosian and such. I mean, good for those guys. It's a beautiful shot. You know, Jake Middleton has seven goals this year. So, you know, that's that's not... I think that's noteworthy. Seven goals for Jake Middleton's not bad. And it was a gorgeous shot. It was like three, you know... It was beyond... It was, I believe it was before even center ice because, yeah, it was way back there, obviously. It was like a three-fourths rink shot, if you know what I mean. And it was perfect accuracy. So... Obviously, these are NHL players. They can, you know, make full rink shots, I'm sure, if there's no goaltender. They can, but just saying, it was a beauty. I, I'm just going to tell you what it is. Obviously, you're not going to be perfect all the time. Kaprizov did get the hat trick with the empty net goal, but you got to love that in favor. Another multi-point game. Another multi-point game for Brock Faber. A couple of assists on both of Kaprizov's goals. It's a lot of fun when you see both of those guys on the ice at the same time, isn't it? Wonderful. Absolutely great. Julerks not getting his 19th goal along the way in this one, but uh, Kaprizov with his third hat-trick of his career. And so what if the last one was <laughs> on the empty net? That actually happens a lot, to be quite honest. A guy already has two goals, and then you score on the empty net at the end, so it's nothing to be like, oh, that's, you know... <laughs> it does not put a dampener on anything. He still scored the goal, which wraps things up. Uh, it's better than getting the puck taken away, and then the other team scores with the extra man, and then next thing you know, you're going to OT and you lose, especially in the playoffs. That's depressing like you wouldn't believe, and uh, it happens more often than uh, we want to say because that's just the way it goes. Drew Larkson had four points in the game, four um, no, three points in the game. He was a plus four in the game. That's what I thought. I'm like, he didn't have four points. No, <laughs> he had two assists, and he had that goal, yeah. So, generally speaking, but another multi-point game for defense only, Brock Faber. Defense only. Yep. Yep. Boldy again, another gorgeous pass along the way, and well appreciated by Kirill Kaprizov. Julek also factoring on that one. It's an, when those guys play together, it's pretty nice. Very epic, actually. And Boldy's, uh, yeah, Boldy's passing skills, again, like I keep repeating myself, definitely showing uh, definitely showing something. And there is a Capri uh, chemistry with Kirill Kaprizov. And I don't know, we're seeing a, a, a more maturity, like more of a kind of a, a grown-up rather than the young guy look out of Kirill Kaprizov of late. He's starting to look more and more like an alternate captain. Uh, not that I really doubted him about that. I'm just saying, he's starting to look like it more and more, and I like that, uh, obviously. Uh, of course you do. Um, I don't think I don't think that's going away, and that's a good thing, as long as he actually re-signs with the club when the time comes, which is not too far away at the end of the day when it comes to like uh, being eligible for an extension and such and want to lock him up and such, and rather than see him playing for the New York Rangers or something, which tends, tends to happen way too often in the NHL. And it happens to us. It already did once with Marion Gabrick. And it's like, of course he signed with the New York Rangers. Not because he scored five goals against them in the year before or anything. But, uh, yeah, of course it was the New York Rangers of all teams. Yeah. Like the, you know, the bottomless wallet and all that. So, it's extremely frustrating. But this was not a frustrating game for us. It was extremely frustrating for the Carolina Hurricanes, who um, <laughs> only faced 17 shots. Only 17. 
Ante Ranta, yep, that is who was in net. Uh, you know, he's beaten us in the past, but gave up three goals and only 17 shots. And again, uh, Kaprizov along the way. Two of those goals were from Kirill Kaprizov, so that's kind of how that goes, right? <laughs> so, like, not overly surprised against Jules Eriksenek getting the other one. And then you had the empty netters and such. But uh, Philip Gustafsson, definitely his, prob- probably his best game of the year, I'd have to say. Like, how is it not? He faced 42 shots, only gave up two against the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that I think is a cup contender. At least I'd like to believe so. Um, it's felt like the last couple of years they've underachieved a little bit. They've been a little bit disappointing, but like, when is it going to be the year where Carolina goes on the run? You know, goes on that playoff run and goes all the way. You're just thinking it's it's right around the corner. It's going to happen, and it's going to have to happen soon because, you know, guys age quickly in this league, obviously. <laughs> you know, time is time is short. People leave, people get old, this and that. Injuries happen. It's just not your year, blah, blah, blah. So Carolina, when is it going to be their year? Are they going to go couplets with this group of players? It'd be kind of sad, but and I don't know. Maybe they will. They only have one Stanley Cup to their name, but they have been to the finals twice. Again, obviously getting beat pretty handily by the Detroit Red Wings, much to my chagrin, about 20 years ago, and then uh, overcoming the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers almost won the Stanley Cup that year, but uh, it was a whale of a day, as it said on Yahoo Sports, because the Hartford Whalers won the Stanley Cup, as the Carolina Hurricanes anyway. <laughs> the Hartford Whalers won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, formerly. They are. They have definitely been a better franchise pretty much since moving to Carolina, generally speaking, but man, there were some beautiful teams in Hartford, and it was impossible to root against the Hartford Whalers, unless I guess you were in their division, I suppose. <sighs> Hartford Whalers. Mm, yeah, I mean, those are the good old days. And I still remember the guy when I when I bought like a Hartford Whalers puck. I think it was at one of those Minnesota Wild Fests. You know, they have that during the, um, it's like Taste of the Wild, like in March or something. Um, and the guy said, up oh, the Hartford Whalers, the little team that couldn't. Yep, <laughs> and that's pretty much what the story was. Unfortunately, yeah, they'd get to the first round, you know, they'd make the playoffs and get beat. They'd win the division, which they did once, and they got beat. Ah, so that figures. They lost to the fourth place team. Kind of figures, but, uh, well, they lost to the Minnesota North Stars, too. The Whalers and the North Stars. Five to two North Stars over the Whalers in this game. And yes, you know what I'm doing. At least I hope you do. If you don't, then I guess you 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 don't know hockey history too well. But especially in Minnesota, hello. The Washington Capitals have always been the Washington Capitals, at least I would like to believe. They also had uh, they had Larry Murphy long ago. They had Dino Cicerelli. After that, uh, the, the North Stars traded Dino Cicerelli to the Washington Capitals for Larry Murphy, who we then uh, yeah see it's Dino Cicerelli for Larry Murphy is one thing, a Hall of Famer for a Hall of Famer. Okay, sure, Hall of Fame defenseman, Hall of Fame uh, you know winger, right? And then you trade away this Hall of Fame defenseman to the future Stanley Cup champions that you're going to play against for like a third pair defenseman <laughs> because you wanted to get more gritty. That's that's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> Anybody ever heard of Jim Johnson? Anyone? Jim? Oh, he's from Minnesota, though. So come on, hater. He's from Minnesota. What, what kind of Minnesotan are you? The one that wants to win and doesn't give a damn where you're from. Just win, baby. Anyhow, Brock Faber, fourth goal of the season. Yep. Recovering the puck off of the shot and off the bouncing, recovering the bouncing puck and scoring. And Brock Faber again, fourth goal of the season. He's on pace for seven. So seven goals is hard to believe. 
Jake Middleton has seven goals. You see, like, when I think about that, it's like, you know, Brock Faber's only on pace for seven, yet he's almost a 50-point defenseman. So it's kind of cool when you think about for Jake Middleton. At least he's, you know, he's, he's scoring goals, I guess. Uh, Marcus Johansson, where has he been? You know, that kind of, no, I don't know. He's been adequate. He's been adequate. Is he somebody I'd want to keep long-term? Of course not. Is he here now? Yeah. And that's all you got to say. Um, he's here now. Um, hooray. <laughs> As the Calgary Flames co-host would say, woo, you know. <laughs> he exists. Woo. <laughs> but he did score two goals in this game, and good for him. Uh, Ryan Hartman, again, that's that. That's a kind of a semi-gritty, like third-line type of deal going on there with Maroon and Ryan Hotman. I can imagine Hotman playing for Boston. That'd be kind of perfect. Ryan Hotman, <laughs> yeah, with his 10th assist of the season. Um, Marcus Johansson got his second goal there, Bogosian on the first goal on a Bogosian shot, directing it and all that. So good for him. Washington would kind of linger and lurk. The Wild were pretty much the better team the whole game, though. It's just that Washington was just kind of hanging around, and then in the end, there was no celebration at all. It was kind of like when the North Stars were getting beat by the Detroit Red Wings in Game 7. The same reaction. We, what were we down, like 5-1? to one? Oh, we scored. And it was kind of like, okay, we scored. All right, it's 5-2 to two now. Uh, and that was with less than three minutes remaining. And then a minute later, another goal by Mantha, he would have a second goal. The first one came literally at the midpoint of the game. It was like, oh, wow, 10. 10 minutes remaining in the second period. I remember just seeing that, and it's like, wow, how often does that happen? Right on the button. <laughs> so you have a little halftime celebration there, I suppose. Not that halftimes exist in hockey, but that was a minor, uh, rare case of a halftime celebration. <laughs> or a halftime show. Um, oh, yes, and... Addendum and errata. That's when I need to correct myself for something I said on a previous show, which I probably should do more often than I do. Probably should. Uh, Nick Dowd is not Jim Dowd's son. So that was brought to my attention. Uh, whoops. You know, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> I swear I kept hearing about Jim Dowd's son somewhere. Something about Jim Dowd's son, but that's not Jim Dowd's son. Uh, there might be some distant relation somehow. You know how we're all kind of related, if you, especially if we go back to Noah. Yeah, we're all related, but not really. You know what I mean? Not, not closely. <laughs> and that's one of those cases. There, there might be some relation, but nothing evident. So, yeah, he's more from, like, the South, whereas uh, Jim is, an, is a is a Joyzy guy. So, yeah, Jim Joyzy, Joyzy Jim. T.J. Oshie, Minnesota Ties, but originally from the state of Washington. But Minnesota Ties, of course, eighth goal of the season on the power play, redirecting a shot from J.C. John Carlson, apparently Max Pacioretty, who's been all over the place, uh, including the, um, you know, Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens, I believe. For all I know, I don't know nothing. But yeah, yeah, Montreal. Um, so there's that. T.J. Oshie only eight goals in the season. Ovechkin definitely showing his age. Definitely showing his age. A guy who's far from showing his age, at least I hope, got his 20th goal in the game. That would be Jules Eriksson Eck. Again, just what a great week. What a great week for Jules Eriksson Eck. <sighs> Can't discount that in any way. Yeah, and Felino, gosh, man, he's he reacted like uh, a certain tight end in the NFL does every time he gets a first down. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Ugh, can't stand him. A certain tight end on a certain Chiefs team. Yuck. Ugh, don't even want to say his name anymore. Marcus Foligno, eighth goal of the season. Again, redirecting 
on a Boldy shot. So again, that was more of a redirection, but it was a beauty. And he, <laughs> his reaction was quite dramatic, but it was nice. And I'm sure scoring against a former teammate in Darcy Kemper, who uh, has had his moments and has had his not-so-good days. This one was not one of his good days, and the Wild took advantage, a 5-3 to three victory. The Wild back to 500 after falling well below after getting our butts kicked by Dallas and Tampa, respectively, along the way. Washington is sixth place in the Metropolitan Division, despite a 22-17-6 and 17 and 6 record. That's no gaudy record or anything, but sixth place. Hmm, that's pretty rough. The Wild are in dead last, or close to it, actually. Close to it. We're not in dead last. We're in seventh place. It's crazy. So our division is becoming more and more uh, um, competitive. But yeah, 500 in the uh, central, and only Chicago is below the Wild at this stage. But it is what it is. We're actually been making. We've actually been making enough ground to a possible wild card position. But do we want that? Is it worth it? I mean, yes. There's players here that are playoff type. You know, regular season players that can get you to the playoffs. But then the playoffs come and they don't do jack bleep. And that's the problem. That's why a lot of us aren't really all that thrilled about the idea of becoming the eighth seed or something and being a sacrificial lamb for whoever, like Vancouver or Colorado, you know, whoever it is. I don't really want to be a sacrificial lamb anymore. I'd rather be the team sacrificing the lamb, if you know what I mean. It'd be about bleeping time, too, especially when we were the number two seed in the entire NHL, basically, because it was the Blackhawks one and the, and the uh, Wild two only to lose to the St. Louis Blues. And remember, the Blackhawks lost that, that <laughs> in the first round to Nashville. They went all the way to the final and got beat by the Penguins. The Nor the Wild lost to the St. Louis Blues with Mike Yo taking about 19,000 shots from not the best angles. They weren't really the best chances, and we just couldn't finish, and it was annoying. That was against Jake Allen, who had this miraculous game won against us. Why am I bringing up all these depressing memories, like the Larry Murphy trade? I don't know. The Wild went 3-1 and one this week, but it's like, am I excited about it? Uh, it's nice to see a team win, but that's about it. It's just that feel-good thing. But does it mean anything down the stretch other than a lower draft pick? Not really. I don't know. Uh, you know, like, again, do you really want to just be a sacrificial lamb in the first round, like best-case scenario, we squeeze into the playoffs? And that would be best-case scenario. We're not the... We're not the 2019 St. Louis Blues. We, we're, we're not. We don't have a top center. We don't have Ryan O'Reilly. We don't have all those other outstanding players that the uh, St. Louis Blues had. I don't think we have a goalie that's going to carry us to a Stanley Cup final like his one magical season. Like uh, like that guy. Yep. <laughs> like that guy, right? <laughs> Who hasn't done anything since, really, except for a couple of moments. Oh, well, then again, he beat us in the first round, though, a couple of years, <laughs> a couple of years ago. That, yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? When we, again, had home ice advantage. It was a great season. Home ice advantage and couldn't take advantage of it because we stink at home in the playoffs. Weird. Very weird. I, I'll never understand that at the end of the day. So I've babbled a little bit, but I don't know, kind of all over the place. Fun week in terms of, again, certain players being what they are. Like, you know, as certain play-by-play -play voices might say, you know, the Minnesota needs his best players to be their best players, and they were. They were the best players this week. And I mentioned them about 50 times. At the end of the day, the winner for the um, Mike Madonna Award is going to be Kirill Kaprizov. Obviously, honorable mentions to, I mean, Faber and Jules I, I almost think you should just give them all, give it to all three of them. 
we favor multi-point games everywhere. Multi-point games and always a huge factor. I'm going to give it to all three. I think all three of them deserve it. An amazing week, honestly. And Gustafson had a great performance versus Carolina. After that, you know, it's just, eh, you know, mediocre. You know, like giving multiple, you know, multiple, like three goals versus Florida and three goals against Washington late, which was kind of annoying. He was, he had a great game, and then all of a sudden it was just, I don't know, a couple of lame goals late in the game, which hurt his numbers a bit, made things look worse. Like three goals are three goals. I mean, it is what it is. James Shepard Memorial. I don't know. Should it be Felino for over celebrating on his goal? No, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, just the overall performance versus the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. That was horrendous. Um, because obviously you can pick on Faber and Goligoski till the cows come home. We, we know who they are. Um, there's a, actually a, a nice nickname for them. It's, it's called the Minus Men because they're a minus. They give up goals. They, they're not good. That type of thing. So we can pick on them till the cows come home. It's kind of almost a default that they're going to get like a... <laughs> one of the two might end up getting it, but Merrill has been uh, healthy scratched of late, and it's about time, which is good. A lot of us have been waiting for that, so <sighs> there's that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to pass one out at this stage, other than just a, a terrible, horrific loss. Again, that's another one of those total team effort losses, total you know, system failure type of deal versus the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, Gustafson gave up seven goals in that game. That was awful. <laughs> Brought his goals against average to, like, you know, the moon. So that was embarrassing. But it wasn't definitely, it definitely wasn't all its fault. The play in front of him wasn't good, and Tampa just kicked our butts, bottom line. So we're going to kind of uh, go for a kind of a team effort in that one at the end of the day. Somehow Kaprizov was a plus three, if you can imagine that, in a game the Wild lost seven to three. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, that's wild, literally. Uh, so we'll leave that where it is. We're going to come back and preview only two games, look at the prospects, and then have another wonderful fan interaction segment with the poll coming up. on Brave the Wild. Sorry if that last segment might have been a little bit long-winded, but yeah, you know, it's a lot to say, and some good, some bad, and now I'm dragging it some more. So, but with that, let's jump right into the DraftKings conversation here. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Check these games out right here. Uh, obviously, you got Philadelphia at Detroit. Sorry, I'm like staring at it like... Uh, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> uh, Philadelphia is a minus 225 at the hosting Detroit Red Wings, who are plus 185. This is the puck line. Maybe let me know in a poll. Would you like the puck line or the money line? <laughs> or let me know on uh, Twitter or something. Islanders at the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal minus 192. Yeah, against the Islanders, plus 190. That's Patrick Waugh's new club. 
Boston Bruins heading to Ottawa, plus 170. Ottawa is minus 205. Interesting. Lightning hosting the Arizona Coyotes, plus 110. Coyotes, minus 130. The Hurricanes that we just beat. This, obviously, like this is one of those Western or Eastern Conference type of rivalries, which is classic now. Carolina hosting the Devils, plus 145 and minus 175. Again, this is the puck line. The Wild tonight, plus 205 versus Nashville, minus 250. Mm. So, the Edmonton Oilers who stopped losing games, minus 105. Hosting the Blackhawks, minus 115. Again, that is the puck line. So, with that said, we can go back to this. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE or text HOPE-NY. That would be 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789777. Okay, so four sevens. Or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks for the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights are reserved or reserved, as I like to say at the end of the day. So you got your upcoming games versus the National Predators. Apparently they're like the, you know, the wild card club. They're only four points ahead of the Minnesota Wild. No games in hand. We're, we're even. So all that game in hand nonsense. Oh, we got like five games in hand. We got two games in hand. I know. I'm happy for us. Okay, it's wonderful. Excel Energy Center. <sighs> yep, we're at minus 120, looks like in this thing, but um, that's Connor Dewar, yeah, oh, that's the other guy who got hurt, he's on, gosh, that's another reason, that's why you're seeing Jake Machini, jeez, Connor Dewar too, oh, jeez, it just, it sucks, injured reserve, 119, Flurry out of Tuesday's game against Washington, and again, concussion related, Gerald Spurgeon Spur- will miss, <laughs> will miss the remainder of the season with back and hip surgeries and such, so, yeah, it sucks. Um, the Minnesota Wild are even with Nashville at 18th in the league for goals. Goals against the Wild are 25th. Oof. 17th for the um, Nashville Predators. The Wild did beat them 6-1 to back on November the 30th. That was right when John Hines returned against his former club, who he had coached just the year before. So, 6-1 to win, a nice sugar high type of a game, and it was wonderful. And I like John Hines a lot. I like him. I, I do. I think he's probably... You know, he's probably a better fit to be head coach of this team. Power play, the Predators are 19th, then the Wild are 17th. Penalty kill, the Wild are 31st, <laughs> and Nashville is 24th, so on and so forth. We, we, uh, this is the second game of the four-game series with our division rival. Next one is Thursday, the Feb- February the 29th, when we'll have a lot more sunlight, I'm sure. 
and we'll have a ton more sunlight March the 10th because we might have daylight savings or at least evening sunlight. Yes, but yeah, March the 10th on Sunday, hosting the Nashville Predators. The next game will be in Nashville again, but a 6-1 to win in Nashville, which is something the Wild pretty much never do, ever. Um, so that was wonderful. Nashville has no players on the injured reserve. Knock on wood for them, just to be respectful, I suppose. I don't want to jinx anybody that's not real nice. It's not nice, dang it. What happened to Nashville? Why is it just showing Anaheim? Oh, for Pete's sake. So it's Nashville and Anaheim before we head into the break. There, that was easy. <sighs> Anyhow, Jose Soros, 2.94 goals against average. That sounds familiar around these parts. Uh, save percentage of 90.4 and two shutouts on the season. Kevin Lankin and the former Blackhawk. Also, the other goal tender. 3.12 goals against average. Sounds like an area code. 89.8. And then uh, Yaroslav Askarov, that sounds familiar as well. 1.47 in two games so far with a win. Impressive, 94.3. So nice start to him for, for his career, so to speak. Uh, if I'm thinking of the same person. Yeah, yeah, yep. That really high draft pick in 2020. That is who that is. Yep, that's who I thought. It was the Predators. Interesting, yep. So we'll see how, he, how things turn out with him. Of course, now I messed myself up here. Philip Forsberg, 49 points at 47 games. Definitely doing well. And a guy I mentioned earlier with the St. Louis Blues, the Stanley Cup champions in 2019, Ryan O'Reilly, with a little bit of a uh, renaissance. He had quite a disappointing season last year. Remember, he had like 20 points like at this point of the year. He's at 40 th this time around. Roman Yossi, one of the best defensemen in the NHL with 9 goals and 31 assists. Outstanding, 40 points. He's on pace for, you know, 70-something. So, obviously a stud. Tyson Berry, the former Columbus Blue Jacket, if I'm remembering the right guy. Yeah, um, 11 points in 31 games. He misses, he, he always misses time, doesn't he? Um, Gustav Nyquist, former Minnesota Wild, who is just, he's so productive. He's so productive. He's, he's on pace for like 65 points or something. So, some something along those lines. 12 goals and 24 assists. Uh, 36 points. Just, I really liked him when he was here, and it's a damn shame to uh, not have him. But it is what it is, right? Uh, I'd rather, but you know what? If if we had a choice between him and Marcus Johansson, I mean, I think it's obvious what the choice would be, but he got more money, so what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Former Calgary Flame, but, uh, why did I call him Calgary Flame? Biggest Golden Knight bust of a draft pick, looks like. Cody Glass, just one goal, one assist in 19 games. Jeez, what happened to you, man? Sucks. Ryan McDonough, that's an old name as well. One goal, ten assists for uh, him with the Nashville Predators. Definitely a winnable game. It's a home game, which, I don't know, I guess home ice does. <laughs> sometimes it means something, and sometimes it doesn't, especially in the playoffs. That doesn't seem to mean diddly with us, which is really, really annoying. And I brought it up every damn year, especially when it's playoff time. Like, win some home games, you might actually do something. You might actually advance in the playoffs once in a while. You know, stop bleeping, blowing home, home ice advantage opportunities. Uh, of, of any kind, you know, just general home ice. Um, Nashville, obviously, you know, they're they're a beatable team. I don't know what to make of this right now. The Wild, uh, well, we've been playing very well. There's a pretty good chance the Wild win both of these games, honestly. But if you're going to lose one, it's probably this one. Nashville has been a tough team to play against, generally speaking. But I do think the coach going against his former club does help our cause in a lot of ways because coaches know strengths and weaknesses of, of certain players that he's coached. And, you know, I mean, tell us about it when it comes to Mike Yo. You know, <laughs> I mean, he, he made us look pretty bad. 
So there is that. Uh, he often did. The Wild will beat the uh, the Washington, the Nashville Predators, with a final score of 4-2. to two. I probably say that same score every single time I do this. But, yeah, it's going to be 4-2. to two. It might even be 5-3 to three or 5-2 to two with an empty net type of deal. Most likely guy to score in the game is going to be... Who do you think? Kirill Kaprizov. Yep, Kirill Kaprizov is going to score in the game. I know, low-hanging fruit uh, with that one. Very low-hanging fruit, but uh, what are you going to do? He's been he's been amazing of late, and I think he keeps his run going. Kirill Kaprizov just might, have, might wind up with 90 points still, despite the uh, extensive games missed. Anaheim Schmucks up and coming here. They, you know, I don't know what to make of that team either, other than a, they're not really a serious team right now, and I'm in February. How the heck did that happen? And I'm schmucks. Yeah, they're not good. 16, 30, and 1. It feels like a game the Wild lose, though, sadly, or like the Timberwolves lately. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets. Listen to Timberwolves' explosion for that review tomorrow. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets. They lost to Glass Joe. They lost to Glass Joe. Yeah, pretty much. No, they beat the... That would be the guy after him. Then they did beat Glass Joe, the Washington uh, Wizards, who are even worse. So, thankfully... Uh, Tristan Lenu with illness recently on the 24th of January. Alex Kilhorn, I do believe, played with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I can't imagine he's too excited at the moment. Four to six weeks injured reserve January the 20th with left knee surgery. Okay. As Trevor Zigrets, broken ankle. Ugh. And we'll have surgery in the near future. He's expected to miss six to eight weeks. That sounds familiar as well. That was as of the 9th, so probably had surgery by now, I would hope. I mean, get better giddy up. <laughs> Get on it, baby. Okay, John Gibson. Three-game series because it is a, you know, interconference, but uh, non-divisional uh, series. Saturday, January the 27th, heading into the break. Thursday, March the 20, no, March the 4th. This is also at the XL Energy Center. And in Anaheim, California on March the 19th, I'm sure it'll be beautiful for the wild, unless it's a cloudy day like it is here right now. Uh, we're like dying for sunlight around here. 9 p.m. start on Tuesday night in that case. Anaheim Ducks are 2-3 and three in their last five, which, you know, that's kind of how that goes. <laughs> they beat Buffalo recently and beat Florida a few games ago and lost three in a row, generally speaking. I'd like to check something if possible. I'm going to backtrack. I, I do this a lot. In the last five games with Nashville, they are, yeah, they're two and three. So, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if the Wild won that one. There'd be a three-game losing streak for Nashville at the end of the day. Anaheim, not Mighty Ducks. Go. They don't call them that anymore for some reason. Uh, 3.06 goals against average for John Gibson. A save percentage right at 90 and no shutouts, which is not surprising. <laughs> it's just not been so good. Frank Vetrano with 34 points on the season, 21 goals and 13 assists. Definitely the leading guy there when it comes to scoring and such. Troy Terry rolls right off your tongue with 11 goals and 21 assists, 32 points. Mason McTavish, obviously one of the higher-end prospects, I would have to say, out there. Uh, 13 goals, 16 assists. And um, before I put my foot in my mouth, I'd like to believe he's related to... No, no let's just move on. I'm not going to say it. Um, no, he's not. So, third third overall pick, Anaheim Ducks. 21 points. 20... No, what am I talking about? He was drafted in 2021, third overall. Yep, very, very highly touted. Um, 43 points last year. Yep, so, 
obviously not dominating or anything yet, but definitely showing signs, taking steps forward. And he's a 2021 draft pick. He's still pretty new, so obviously give him time. And uh, Anaheim has not been good anyway, so that's kind of the uh, the story at the end of the day. Very winnable hockey game. Uh, Anaheim is the worst in the league in penalty minutes. They're worse than us. Yep, 19th, uh, 29th in goals, 28th in goals against power plays. 20th penalty kill is 25th. So nothing to brag about, nothing to write home about with the Anaheim Ducks, though they did beat Buffalo recently. Good for them, I suppose. But uh, the Dallas Stars are probably going to beat them pretty good tonight, I'm sure. That was in the conversation um, when we talked about the bets and such. Anaheim Ducks, second to last place in their division, three points ahead of the San Jose Sharks, which are pretty much the dregs of hockey at the end of the day. I think the Wild end up winning again. So that would be what, like four wins in a row, I believe, or is it five? Five wins in a row. So here we go again. And then, oh, we gotta, we got to be buyers at trade deadline, you know. Well, if you're buyers, don't give up too much, okay? If you're buyers, make it, make it the low-risk, high-reward, okay? We're not, you know, <laughs> if you're buyers, I, I, I don't want to. I don't, think, I don't think this team is, yeah, I don't. I don't think this is a playoff team, even though there's nice players on this team, which I mentioned, you know, the, the, the big three, so to speak, which might be the title of this episode. Um, and it could also go with the big three wins in a row, but the real big three is the players that I mentioned a million times, Kaprizov, Eck, uh, Erickson Eck, that is, and Brock Faber. Um, yeah, those are three guys that I wouldn't trade unless you're giving up the moon. Since Gretzky could get traded, I guess anybody can be. But, yeah, that was some other background nonsense going on, though, like his wife wanting to be an actress. Great. Well, you can still be an actress while I'm winning Stanley Cups in Edmonton. I mean, it's... Hello? <laughs> why? Why do, you, why do you have to go to L.A. and win nothing? Bullcrap, right? Be, be talented and all that, but don't win anything. They could have probably won three more Cups, I bet. <laughs> they, would have been, they would have been one of the best uh, dynasties in the history of sports. But, you know... But, but you know. <laughs> so with that said, the Wild will beat the Anaheim Ducks. And if they don't, what the hell are you doing? That type of thing. <sighs> Final score. Yeah, I mean, why, why the heck not? The Wild will win 4-1 to one over the Anaheim Ducks. Most likely guy to score in the game. Let's say Marco Rossi with a multi, multi-goal multi game. Marco Rossi will have two goals in a 4-1 to one win over the Anaheim Ducks. One of them might be an empty netter, but that's fine. It still counts as a goal. So, multiple goals for Marco Rossi at the end of the day. The Wild win 4-1. to one. With that, let's jump into the prospects immediately without having to have a sound bite, which I, I, I like to do, but sometimes it's like I'd rather just get going here. Uh, guys like uh, Liam Ogren and such. we got to go to the world guys here in a second. Kind of just kind of loading that in the background. Otherwise, the Iowa Wild, they've been playing a little bit better, and a guy who's definitely been playing a lot better, at least this past week, Adam Beckman had a couple goals, and he had a goal the other night, too. So three goals in two games, at least, for Adam Beckman, but still kind of at that half a point a game pace for uh, ever having so many quiet games in a row, which is bleeping frustrating. Seven goals, 10 assists, 17 points, 32 games. So just barely ahead of that point a game pace. And I mean barely, like one point ahead of it. Um, it's a damn shame. Beckman, I think he's a better player than this, but it's just not happening. So I don't know if it's lack of chemistry there in Iowa or what. Uh, I think the coach is fine. I have nothing against the guy. Um, obviously, he was a former Minnesota Wild uh, training camp inventory many years ago and wound up resurfacing with the Blackhawks and played a few years in the NHL. 
yeah, that would be our head coach, Brett McLean, of course, with the Iowa Wild. Jesper Volstead, unfortunately, that goes against averages back up on the moon. And he is up with the Wild now because of the injury to um, Marc-Andre Fleury. But he had a couple of disappointing games in Iowa after getting shelled pretty bad by the Dallas Stars. I mean, talk about being a sacrificial lamb. And guess who's playing again? Guess who is playing again? Guess who? Mason Shaw. Mason Shaw is playing with the Iowa Wild. Welcome back, Mason Shaw. That is awesome. And he's wearing his NHL number 15. That's wonderful. So, wonderful news. Mason Shaw coming back from, like, his... Too, too many ACLs. It's like four or five. I, I can't even... You know, they showed him working out. You could just see all the scars from the surgeries on the knee. It's just... Oh, Mason. Oof. But uh, very happy to see you back playing. Yep, obviously, again, did sign that AHL deal, but he can be in the NHL at any time, I'm sure. Probably no rush on that one. Uh, Michael Milne uh, getting another point this past week here. One goal and two assists, but now three total points in six games. Damon Hunt is back in the AHL. I, I don't know why. Come on. I don't know why. I'm getting tired of that. Uh, he's a half a point a game guy in Iowa. And it's not just because his numbers are good. It's because he's NHL ready. He's NHL ready. He, he, he held his own out there. He held his own out there. He's better than certain guys that are already in the NHL. And we could name their names about 50 times. And you already get the point. I'm probably just boring you. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke has been steady all season. Carson Lambos getting his seventh point, no, his seventh assist last night with uh, now nine points on the season. So Carson Lambos catching up with <laughs> Ryan O'Rourke. Vinny Letary out with injury. Jake Loschini back up with Minnesota. You're going to let me play. You're going to let me play, coach. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Batan, who's been a point-a-game player at the AHL level, and he's even productive as an NHL player at this stage of his career at age 28. Samuel Sammy Walker, who has been hot of late, and again, another couple of points this week, now at 23 points in 36 games. That's certainly not dominating, and he's definitely becoming more of a playmaker for the Iowa Wild. But um, so far, no production at the NHL level, which is a damn frustration, considering... You just know that he can do it, but then it just doesn't happen. It's like, damn it. Similar with Beckman. So, oh, I don't understand it sometimes, but that's how it is. The, the life of a quad A player in baseball and hockey and other sports, I'm sure. So, it's a damn shame at the end of the day. Let's move on, shall we? Iowa Wild, uh, at least they're play looking a little bit better, but still not great. Just not. Um, now, three is, what am I looking at? Five points now. He's up. He's, he's he's getting that action. Four goals and one assist. Half a point a game at the Swedish Hockey League level. This would be Ogren. He's on pace for you know basically a half a point. Uh, Twenty six games and thirteen points with ten goals, and that's the case. So he's been scoring goals. He's got that Kevin Fiala, as he is kind of technically sort of the Kevin Fiala replacement. But <laughs> a lot of people would tell you even if it was just favor for uh, Fiala straight up, it would be a, it wouldn't be a bad trade for Minnesota even though Fiala's been, you know, outstanding for the Kings, but, uh, in, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, on the other side of the coin, Brock Faber has been outstanding for Minnesota, so you, you just can't discount that in any way. Um, I'm going to go to Huznadinov before Yurov. Come on, Huzzi, let's go. Okay. <laughs> Apologize. Um, yep, now in 36 games at the KHL level, five goals and eight assists for 13 points. Yeah, I mean, again, there's obviously that nonsense going on, shenanigans that have been going on where he doesn't get the ice time that he deserves. 
mentioned that about 50,000 times. I can't wait to see him in, at the NHL level. NHL, not AHL, I think NHL. As um, we'll get to that later when we need to. Daniil Yurov continuing to be extremely productive now in 50 games at the KHL level. 17 goals, 22 assists. It's just, you know, again, I'm going to say it for the 95th time. This is the KHL. This is not, you know, the MHL. This is not, you know, whatever. You know, some league where, you know, like say, you know, <laughs> everybody's everybody's winning games 6-5 to five and then they, once they play against the KHL, they get obliterated every time. Or if they ever do play against KHL players, they get obliterated like in an international competition. Um, 30, you know, like Austria, you know, stuff like that. No disrespect, I apologize. Uh, 39 points, though, in 50 games. He's in pace for 48 at the KHL level. He's uh, he's scoring goals, and he's, and he's playmaking as well. Um, the conversation was he's a playmaker, but he can score, no doubt about it, and he's showing more and more signs about that uh, of that of late. 17 goals in 50 games so far with the 22 assists. Really love the progress of Daniela Yurov. Looks like an outstanding draft pick, and hope that continues. Absolutely. Please keep it coming. <laughs> with that said, so we will continue moving forward. I should look at the Iowa Heartlanders. Pablo Novak now with 10 points in 13 games. Not bad. Good job. Um, it is the ECHL. It is NHL purgatory, uh, or hockey purgatory for some people. Kyle Masters is now down there, unfortunately. But in four games, he has three points, two goals and an assist. So it is what it is. You know, if you can hit a couple home runs at double A, maybe you can come back to triple and hopefully get to the majors at some point. Uh, you know, just kind of baseball terms. If you, I'm sure you figured that out on your own. Hunter Jones is averaging almost four goals a game. At least I was winning some games this year. Iowa Heartlanders, that is. Last year, they were like, you know, like historically horrible like losing games 7-1 to one every night or something. I mean, that's demoralizing for anybody. Spachik had a couple of moments in the ECHL. He's back to the AHL. Ty Ennis. Sounds like Tyler Ennis. Interesting. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, Pavel Novak has been pretty good. Pretty damn good. Again, coming back from cancer. So he missed an entire year. That guy, kind of like our guy Rossi with the uh, myocarditis, missed an entire year. So it is what it is. Uh, again, just working on that batting average and hitting some homers, and then uh, you know gets that double A pitching and hoping to come up to the uh, the triple A level again, and have some more confidence. That's you know it's it's the same thing. It is, it is the same thing. Um, Karkovich uh, as well, of course, back to the ECHL. Unfortunately for him, almost a point a game a player so far. Point of point a game player in. The ECHL, but it kind of is what it is when you have Mason Shaw. So, Mason Shaw coming back. He at least deserves to be in the AHL, which he was always really good at. Uh, very uh, productive in the AHL. And, again, a decent NHL player as well, recovering from, uh, uh, you know, getting his timing back and all that from, you know, so many ACL surgeries. Heartbreaking, to say the least, for him. Um, but, yeah, at least, at least you know, it's nice to see Pavel Novak playing well. Hopefully he continues to head in the right direction when you're talking about that. Kyle Masters. Kyle Masters. Yep, happy to see what he's doing at least. Ah, oh, Benoit. Oof, Nate Benoit. <laughs> at age 21 for North Dakota. One assist in 10 games. That's all you need to know there. It, you know, <laughs> yeah. Jack Pert. Pert. Now two goals 
and 5 assists for 7 points in 22 games. More about his overall defensibility than his scoring. Lambos, Ball Steed are in Iowa. Petrovsky, who I believe did get the uh, player of the week for the uh, MNW Young Guns. Uh, nice, solid. He's now over a point a game, so good. <laughs> he's been, been kind of hanging around that for a bit. Kumbalainen uh, is literally that, but he's a year younger. Um, we'll get to him in a second. 12 goals, 22 assists, 34 total points in 32 games for the Owen Sound attack. Ryan Haley, who was the player of the week last week. He's a defenseman, remember. And in his uh, sophomore year for Harvard, almost a point a game, and he is a defenseman. He's a right-shot defenseman, emerging big time. He's got double the points he had last year in double the amount of games last year. So think about that. He's about a, It's about a 200% increase here for Ryan Haley when you consider the overall production. Eight goals, eight assists. He's a minus 18, though. Gosh, what the hell? They, they must be really stuck in there in Harvard. And yeah, they're, they're not even ranked. So it is what it is. But very, very productive. Awesome. Uh, obviously, opening the floodgates, I'm sure, there. Trying to score. <laughs> Chicago, Illinois native, but um, very, very productive. Despite that disappointing minus 18, <clears throat> which isn't the end all, but it's not exactly a sexy number, to say the least. Rager Lorenz, again, who's obviously he's more productive than last year, but you know, for a, for a, for a winger, you're hoping for a little more points. Eight goals, eight assists. So same as Ryan Healy, and actually less, and actually more games in this case, more games than Ryan Healy, in 24 games um, so far for the Denver Pioneers who have won their last national championship, I hope. Uh, Hunter Haight, exactly on the same pace as last year right now, in 42 games, 51 points, not just uh, 19 goals versus 18, and then 32 versus 33 assists. I don't know. It's not important in that case, but pretty much at the same pace as last year, which actually you don't want to see that as a as a fan or as a pro, as a you know member of the organization that you're hoping he's going to take a step up, not be in the same exact place. So I don't know. It's a, It's a little bit disappointing, actually. Jimmy Clark with four goals and five assists for our Minnesota Gophers, or at least my Minnesota Gophers. I know there's a lot of maybe uh, State Cloud State fans, North Dakota, Minnesota Duluth. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. Gophers hopefully moving up in the rankings with some good weekends here in a row. Kalen Parker, <coughs> pardon me, with the Victoria Royals. No, he used to be. Um, with the Moose Jaw Warriors now, of course. 39 games, 5 goals, 22 assists. He's a right-shot defenseman, 27 points at the WHL level. Aaron Pionk, Mr. Uh, Mr. Duluth himself, no, Mr. Hermantown, and Minnesota Duluth as a defenseman, a 21-year-old defenseman, 1 goal and 12 assists, but a plus 3 for the University of Minnesota Duluth, who are also not ranked at the moment. It's pretty weird to see that. Riley Heights with, uh, yeah, he's slowed down a bit. It's safe to say he's slowed down a bit. In 42 games, 42 games, 24 goals, and 50 assists, 74 total points, unfortunately, for Riley Height. I think he's been missing time, actually, so that's another thing. Kumbalainen, <laughs> Mr. Point-A-Game, he's actually less than a point-a-game now, so he wasn't able to keep up with the pace. Damn. <laughs> 17 goals, 15 assists, 32 points in 33 games, and he's a plus 5 on the season. Again, the next Miko Koivu, well, I don't know, something like that. And uh, Charlie Stramel, Mr. Poofy Hare himself, I don't know, 18 games, 6 points, I, I, I just don't know, I, I don't know, Charlie, uh, hopefully things get better and better, 
He is only 19, so it's like you can't rag on him too much, but uh, come on, come on, Charlie. Let's see what you can do. Please, please, Charlie, please. He is about at the same point uh, pace as last year, and that's nothing to brag about. Last year was super disappointing, right? And Wisconsin's way better than last year. So they can't cry like, oh, we suck, blah, blah, blah. So what are you going to do? No, they're better now, a lot better. And he's not better. So maybe certain parts of his mental game are better, but he's not being, he's not productive. I don't know, but, but we love him, I guess. Well, we'll see. Maybe next year he breaks through. It's, it's happened before. I remember McMain kind of, you know, took a little while and then he got, you know, had a really good senior year for was it Boston College. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it's like, he didn't want to be here. Yep. Screw you. I'm out of here. You know, and then he winds up in Arizona and he's like, what is he like a, uh, I don't know. He's like a 30, 30, 40 point type of guy in the NHL, like big deal. Oh darn, boy, did we miss out, you know? So <laughs> that type of thing. So with that, we're going to take a quick break and come back for some fan interaction. Back here on Brave the Wild fan interaction segment. Twitter is at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. Instagram, which I had it five seconds ago, Brave the Wild underscore MN on Instagram, so you can interact on there as well. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. So, anyhow, uh, Twitter seems to be the main one for this show. In fact, it is. Uh, we're going to open things up again with uh, Derek Felska's uh, tweet for the Crease Assist podcast. It is, uh, yep, it's a poll. Hashtag BGWMN for, for mine, of course, or when you want to interact with me. That way I can have everything organized. Hashtag Crease Podcast for the Crease Assist Podcast. So, he put out a poll, which I just voted for. I was late. Shoot. But at least it'll still count for their show. Uh, what do you think Minnesota Wild GM Pilgrim will do now that Spurgeon is out for the season and he has a little cap space to work with? Yeah, Spurgeon is out for the season, which I did mention earlier. I didn't even make a big conversation about it, which I apologize it's kind of like you guys already know, but what the hell. And, yeah, this poll, it was actually much newer when this poll came out. Um, the through the four questions are trade for a defense, uh, for a D and give a no-move clause. clause. <laughs> trade for a grit and give a no-move clause. Deal flurry to a contender, sell assets or do nothing. I chose sell assets and do nothing, and I did finish in first with 37.3, or it's at first right now with a day left. Uh, the trade for a D and give no-move clause, 32.2. Uh, deal flurry to contender that's third place 23.7 and last place just trade for grit and give a give a new move clause with about seven percent the poll i put out with oh no this is a different one there's another poll from uh derek about the same time would you be okay with the minnesota roster tear down even if it meant being bad for at least three or four years i put yes and that finished well it's in second place barely at the moment uh second place was they won't do this ever and third place was no so all pretty close, actually, In like <laughs> at the end of the day. So here's a poll that I think could be kind of fun, but I don't know there's, uh, kind of, there's a conflicting conversation about that they already do have a name secretly that they're going to be called the Minnesota Superior. There's no information out there about that, but I don't know. Maybe I, maybe it is true. I don't know, but I hope it isn't. It, it's an okay name. It's, it's fine, but 
let's just say the first place choice here is, I think it's a better name. What should they name the Minnesota's uh, professional women's hockey team, uh, hockey league team? Comments are always welcome. Minnesota Northern Lights, the Minnesota Voyagers, the Minnesota Blizzards, and the Minnesota Red Foxes. So first place was the Minnesota Northern Lights, at least still is at the moment, 56.1%. Love it. Minnesota Voyageurs, 25.8. Minnesota Blizzards, 10.6. And Minnesota Red Foxes, 7.6. So that did not do too well the last one. But the Northern Lights would be my choice by a mile. Um, I wanted the Wild to be called the Northern Lights. And that was one of the last choices. That was one of the choices anyway for that. Um, Derek Velska says the Red Foxes won't work because the team colors are purple. I had heard they might be named the Superior, but I'm not sure if that's official yet. Yep, I mean, uh, yeah, like it's, there's not a whole lot of info about that one. Uh, I like the Northern Lights the best. Yep, me too. I was saying huge fan of that. I remember that being one of the six finalists for the Minnesota Wild. Dying to know what they would have looked like. It's a great name. And I wish I did get to know, because I know it was on a broadcast. I forget what the reason was why I missed the, it was on Care 11 that night when they named the six finalists, and supposedly they all had logos, and of course the Wild had a squiggly logo, which is what our original Wild logo was before we had the, uh, you know, the uh, the crest, like the the mascot crest, whatever, where it's like a, you know, mix of animals and background and such, which ended up being a pretty damn unique and good logo at the end of the day. But um, at least we were green again, like the North Stars, but a very different green, I guess. Um, but it's, it's working out nicely with these uh, third jerseys which are fantastic. Connor says Minnesota Superior. It's already confirmed and not sure. Maybe it's not true. We'll see. Okay. Um, he's tweeting to me saying, at least I think he is, potential professional women's hockey team names have been revealed. Applications for the Toronto Torch, Montreal Echo, Ottawa Alert. What is this? Minnesota Superior is the superior name out of those, I think. Boston Wicked, New York Sound were filed by the holdings on Wednesday. Okay. 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 Well, Superior's the best name out of those. The Boston Wicked? Okay. Toronto Torch. Torchettis? No, I don't know. The Echo. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Well, um, all right. Superior's not too bad, then. I, I feel better about that versus those other names. It's, it's, you know, Northern Lights would be better, though. Damn it. So, that's just the way I see it. Uh, uh, and I'll say, and he said, thank you for the clarification. Okay. Um, oh, Helvey responded. This is not name confirmation. They trademarked them, but have said no final decisions have been made there. Okay, so H Haley responded there. That's nice. Maybe I'll give her a follow, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't expect her to follow back. She's got like 40,000 followers, and yeah, she's not going to follow back. <laughs> I'm not big enough, dang it. Um... Taz Nasty, Minnesota Rain, and Tony Garcia, Minnesota Lakers. All right. <laughs> Minnesota Lakers. Los Angeles. No, the Minnesota, yeah. Duluth Superior. So, ooh, how about this? Duluth Superior Lakers, right? No, it's not. Yeah, not, not Duluth Superior. They're just called Superior. Let's move on. I'm confusing myself. Derek said the Red Foxes. Yeah, okay, I already read that one. Um, here we go. The Derek Felska lightning round. Hath returned, duh. Let's do this. Um, I think it's mostly kind of a tease, yeah, about the Wilds, you know, a little surge here. Me too. Um, while Florida and Carolina are good, Washington is terrible. Yep. It might make the games more fun to watch, but to what end? 
we will tire ourselves out trying to make the playoffs, only to be bounced in the first round. Yep, I, I agree with that one thousand percent. Yep, I, yep, like I was, yeah, you know, I, that's, that's it's the yep hashtag truth. Yeah, it is. I agree with that one thousand percent, and you probably got that vibe in the first segment, off and on, where it's like, what's what, what you know, eh, you know what I mean. Next, uh, who will win the high school hockey games in Hockey Day, Minnesota? Girls High School Hockey, Wall Road versus Lakeville North. Boys High School Hockey, Moorhead versus Wayzada. And War Road uh, versus Rozo. Ooh, you know, those are legendary names right there, aren't they? They really are. Um, the girls, you got the War Road versus Lakeville North. Um, it's like I want to say Lakeville because that sounds like Neil. You know, that that's that's where Neil came from was Lakeville. Neil Nate Dog Thiesing, God rest his soul. Obviously, his name is still on this podcast and it always will be. War Road has, you know, they're, they're, War Road just, I just have a better vibe with War Road when it comes to that one. Boys High School Hockey, Moorhead versus Wyzetta, and War Road again versus Rozo. Oh boy, boy, oh boy. Um, Wyzetta, I'm going to go with Wyzetta, which might be crazy. No, it's not. Wyzetta has had a good hockey tradition, of course. And Rozo, that's where Neil Broden came from, of course. And War Road has had lots of NHL players, uh, and such. Um, I don't know. Uh, is Warroad going to win both of them? Let's go with Rozo. I'm probably not even saying the name right, but uh, Rozo is going to win that one. That way up north there. Neil Broughton, almost a Canadian. <laughs> the next one is, will the Minnesota Wilds better play of late make Bill Guerin think this team is really close to making a run and therefore we make a foolish trade for a short term that will have nothing, that will have, that will have long-term consequences, pardon me. Do you think that would be a wise choice to make? Nope. <laughs> nope. I think that's a mistake. Uh, I really do. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the whole been there, done that type of deal. His off-season moves tell you that's, you know, what he was hoping to be doing right now, that we were going to be in th- second, third place or something in the division, you know, competitive, already playoff, pro- playoff-bound type, you know, like not at officially or anything, but it, more than likely a playoff-bound type of a team, and that we were going to make another, you know, trade that might have long-term consequences. The, the Nyquist trade, trade was, was awesome. We hardly gave up anything, and he was so valuable for us, but he didn't exactly return right away because he was still injured when the Wild traded for him. I say, yeah, I say trade for uh, assets or do nothing, that type of thing, like a Marcus Johansson. Maybe we're the ones trading Marcus Johansson if we can, uh, that type of deal. Um <laughs> Wish you could trade Spurgeon for a Herschel Walker type of deal, right? Somebody that's in love with... Yeah, yeah, right. Give me a break. And I know, obviously, he's out anyway, so you can't do nothing now. Um, and even if he was, I mean, it's just, yeah, no, that was just being sarcastic there. There are Surely there are assets we can trade, because I do think this is just kind of a little tease at the end of the day. It's because there's, you know, decent players on this team, and when we're healthy and all that, you know, good things can happen, and obviously we're pretty good at the top as well, the big three and all that. So that that's kind of what's keeping us sort of semi-competitive. You know, competitive below competitive, if that makes any sense. And no, no, it definitely wouldn't be a wise choice to try to make a <clears throat> try to make a splash in uh, uh, on the trade deadline. I would like to believe Bill Guerin is realistic. It's just his off-season moves make me wonder. Obviously, you know, we've, we've ranted about that all season. Last week, you discussed which Minnesota Wild players were Star Wars characters. Uh, 
oh, I forgot. I, I, I forgot to, I forgot to send a, something in last week, but I'll probably do it again, maybe. Or, yeah, I'll, I, I could probably still do it. Which people can be, uh, okay, so it can be the wild or not, uh, were Star Wars villains. The Emperor, ja, the Emperor, Jabba the Hutt, Boba Fett, top wild assassin. So the top wild assassin, somebody who's been against us. Yeah, so these are like the enemies. And it could be wild players also. Um, the Emperor, I always thought that was Crawford, the coach of the, uh, like me and Paul back in the day thought the co coach of Vancouver way back in uh, 20, or excuse me, in 2003. He's like the Emperor, he was evil and such. You could even say, uh, what's his face? Because um, I think the Emperor is a coach. I don't know if it's a player. I don't know if he's a player. I think he's a coach. That'd be Or like, you know, Quinn. Yeah. Quinville. Yeah, Quinville with the Blackhawks. He could be the Emperor, too. <laughs> the way they just, you know, the way they just stomped us into the ground. Otherwise, otherwise it's uh, Patrick Kane. I mean, absolutely. Jabba the Hutt. Ah, oh, man. So these are like villains, Jabba the Hutt. Maybe that's uh, uh, Jerome Ginla. Boba Fett, or even Boba Fett's Jerome Ginla. But maybe we'll say Quinville. No, Crawford. Crawford is going to... Ah, Quinville, hell with it. They knocked us out so many times. Joel Quinville is the Emperor. Jabba the Hutt is Jerome Ginla, and Boba Fett, the top wild assassin, would be um, um, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane is the top wild assassin. Oh, my. <laughs> yep, so that could be Boba Fett in a lot of ways. He was the top wild assassin. He, uh, yeah, it was bad news, really bad news <laughs> so often with Patrick Kane. So, yeah, fun question. I love that kind of stuff. Very much. I'd like to, I would love to put that back uh, out there because, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious what, what takes you might have on those. It's, it's, it's not to be like Mr. Sarcastic, well, you answer it, smart guy. No, I'm, that's not really my style. I'm not a, I'm not an overly sarcastic person. I'm more of a fun, gentle, sarcastic type at times. But, <laughs> yeah, anyhow, um, Derek says, which, yep, this is the end of the lightning round, uh, which any, uh, which NFL like NFL lightning? with the NFL liking a post of a person discussing the intentional injury of players during a playoff game. Do you think the NHL demonstrates a similar double standard when it comes to suspensions, reactions to players' injuries? Seems like it. It seems like it. It seems like they kind of get, you know, they let certain guys get away with things and other guys they kind of hammer. I don't know. It's all over the place. Like certain guys get a bad reputation and then they, you know, you get hammered really easily, and other guys, they just continue to get away with the same crap. So, yeah, I do think there's a double standard. Unfortunately, it's probably all over sports, like baseball, too. You know, like, you know, pitchers throwing at, at batters and such. Or maybe, like, you know, like kicking a player in the face when you're sliding. You know, that type of thing, and, you know, into second base. So, I think it's all over, unfortunately. It's, like, all about whose axe is being grinded. or uh, So... Jay Bushy will wrap up the uh, fan interaction segment. With the Wild having now moved from a top six pick to a top eight pick, do you think Bill Guerin will realize that it might be the best thing for the future not to make the playoffs and get a lottery pick? I would love to believe so. I would love to. Uh, he sounded, and then, yep, and then Morty responds with Tank already, yeah. Yep. I think kind of Tank already by, again, by moving players away. You know, there's certain players I think that could help playoff teams. And they would be covered enough. They wouldn't be like, they wouldn't hurt the team, whatever team it is. You know, whatever the team is, if it's the Boston Bruins or something. Um, <laughs> it, 
Yeah, I mean, I would like to believe that. Again, his his mentality t- tells us otherwise, but I'd like to believe there is a realist side to his nature, um, that there's got to be something realistic in there and that he's not going to just um, continue to chase something that's unattainable. We don't want to be the turtle chasing the carrot, and a lot of times that feels like that's what we're doing, especially this year, like last offseason into today. It's kind of been a turtle chasing a carrot. It's like uh, you know when you're standing on when you're sitting on the on the turtle's back, holding a carrot in front of him, and he's just dun 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 chasing the carrot, while you're literally just walking him to wherever you want to walk him, which could be uh, nothing good basically <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, great questions, really appreciate it. <clears throat> that was fun, and of course the Star Wars conversation. That's always fun as well. Hope the answers weren't lame last week or this week. So. Hope they were fun. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to be, <laughs> and I'm not going to make assumptions about players and such, like this guy's this and that guy's that. So at the end of the day, um, but I really appreciate all of you listening. Please do tell your friends about the show. Um, again, the, the lack of sunlight, I think, is affecting me. I don't feel as sharp today as I'd like to be. The lack of sunlight is killing me lately, and I don't know, it's been driving me nuts. I'm guessing a lot of you might feel the same way. I mean, sunlight is essential. It really is. So we need it. With that said, I want to give shout-outs, of course, Grease Assist Podcast, Derek, Kalisha, and Teresa. Awesome show. You guys do a wonderful job, of course. And I'm going to continue to say that. <clears throat> of course, again, you have uh, M&W Young Guns or M&W Prospects. That would be Pavel Bennett, Justin Bakke, uh, you guys do a great job. Really appreciate you and really proud to be a part of that as we have conversations about players of the week and such, prospects of the week. Um, really love you guys. Uh, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish. Awesome stuff, obviously. <laughs> very good, very good Facebook page. Chance and David Kostick. Um, Kathy Main, David Abraham, Michael Fick, Chad Walski, of course. Haven't heard from Chad as much lately. I miss you, just in case you're out there. Um, but if you're still listening, uh, Tom Hayen, that'd be fun to have another Tom Hayen lightning round. They're fun. Obviously, the Derek Felska lightning rounds are absolutely essential. I mean, just huge, huge, huge contribution to the show. There's no question about that. Um, love hearing from Jay every week as well. Really appreciate you. I, I want you to know that. Um, so uh, I miss, uh, I miss uh, Mr. Herrera. I miss you. Hope, hope to hear from you again. I miss you. It's been a while. Uh, um, Brian Herrera, I really missed you. So hope to hear from you again. I don't know if you got busy or bored with me or something. I don't know. But maybe you still listen, but don't uh, tweet anymore. Tweet some more. I'd like to hear from you again. Otherwise, uh, yeah, again, Minnesota Wild Nation. Patrick Turner from Florida there. does a, you know Love what he does on that page as well. Giving up with the Minnesota Wild from Florida. Isn't that cool? With that said, have a nice week. We'll see if the Wild continue things, and then we'll head into the All-Star break. But Brave the Wild will keep coming because there is at least one or two games to review and preview these upcoming weeks. So don't worry. Brave the Wild is not going to take a break. And if I do, I will announce it and not just uh, not show up. I'm not going to no-show yet because I don't think that's nice. With that said, take care. God bless, and we'll be right back at it next week. (laughs) 